good morning, good evening, good afternoon, um, wherever this podcast finds you. I hope you're in good spirits. Hope you're at peace. I hope you know that no matter what's going on, everything's going to be all right. It's 4.32 a.m. on the East Coast. And why am I up? Because I have an almost five-month-old. So, Summer just went back down after having her bottle. And, um, we went to sleep pretty early. So, I guess I'm just kind of up trying to make myself go back to sleep. And something just dropped on me because, um, it's something I'm dealing with. And... I just heard in order to accept something, you have to go through the grieving process. Now, I know when we think about grieving, we think about death. But death does not only apply to life. Death applies to, um, you know, situations also. This particular situation Sometimes, if you can't see a disorder or a disease, meaning like someone is maybe not in a wheelchair or maybe someone, you know, doesn't have a bald head, you know, like, you know, sometimes if we see someone that's bald, we know they may be going through chemotherapy. Um, You know, if you have a cast on your arm, obviously you broke your arm. So basically the point I'm trying to make There are a lot of um, diseases and disorders that you, because you can't physically see the ailments, doesn't mean that um, they aren't there. You know, you, and it doesn't stop the person from going through it. So even though the person may look fine, they have this disorder or um, this disease that they're battling. Sometimes the world doesn't allow you to just grieve like okay this is a part of my life I have to go through this now and because you can't grieve certain things you aren't able to accept them now stay with me follow me get back on track I always advise you know if you want to have pen and paper out sometimes the way my brain works you have to kind of think about it reread it go back to it and say okay I understand what Portia was saying But um, I promise you, I'm just here to help. I just can't help sometimes how my brain spits these things out, you know. So back to the grieving process. Really quickly, I'm going to look for the... um, The definition of grief and then I want to of course go through the steps <clears throat> so so for the dictionary's definition they do have it as a deep deep sorrow especially that's caused by someone's death so it's a deep sorrow normally and especially that's caused by someone's death um 
some synonyms, sorrow, misery, sadness. Um, also, it can be used as like a form of trouble or annoyance. Example, we were too tired to cause any grief. So any trouble, annoyance, or bother. Um, deep sorrow. <clears throat> Sometimes when you're diagnosed with things, um, it makes you sad. And you question, you're like, why me? Why am I dealing with this? Why do I have to go through this? This can even be... Now that I'm thinking about it and just saying it out loud, it doesn't even have to be like a disorder or a diagnosis. This could just be like a um like a problem or a um something that you have to accept. So like right now I'm in this position. I know I won't stay here. It does make me a little sad that I'm here, but if I can accept that I'm here, that acceptance is going to bring peace. And with that peace, you'll be able to navigate forward. So you can get to your next step and you won't remain stuck. Grief can keep you stuck. If you do not grieve properly, you will remain stuck. Have you ever met someone who seems to just be, well, you probably have to know them personally. I'm not sure. A lot of people, when I speak with them, they open up to me about personal things. That's just my gift. That's why I'm here. I understand it. So... I can tell when someone is stuck on something. They won't let it go. They haven't grieved properly. So I'm going to swing this back around to, because you can apply it to so many different things, I want to let you know what I want to apply it to specifically is my daughter, my five-year-old, um, Santana Grace, she has two different neurological disorders. One of the first signs... um that I realized as her parent because I had to really advocate for her to get testing and different things was that she was not walking. Okay, so 12 months, 13, 14 months, not walking. Okay, 15, 16 months, not walking. 17, 18 months, not walking. I'm like, okay, you know, this is a concern of mine. So um, she started physical therapy. She eventually began to walk, but Within this same process, I, because it was also new to me and very heavy, I decided to relocate. So I left my apartment. I left my good job. Um, I came back home. Most of you know this story. I always kind of say it. Not always, but I've said it before. And so we kind of started from scratch here. Um, when we came back home, she was walking, but she could not walk like up steps. Without assistance, she needed help getting in and out of the car. She was very shaky. You know, her balance is off. So I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what's going on, but I just know something is not right. Because she does not look as if she has an issue. <clears throat> it was very hard, especially my family being like of a faith background. And when I say that, I just mean that like no matter what the resolution is, God is the resolution. And, you know, a lot of times God and the higher power is the resolution. But there are other pieces to that resolution, which include medical <laughs> care. Um, so eventually I was able to convince her pediatrician that she needed an MRI. Once we completed the MRI, she was diagnosed with two different um, neurological conditions. 
<clears throat> so the first one is um, heterotopia. And then the second one is vermian hypoplasia. Yeah, crazy weird. The gist of it is her cerebellum is uneven. So on one side, it's larger and um, it causes her balance issues. It causes um, a tremble. She has issues with her eyes to where she's going to need to wear glasses. Um, and then, of course, <clears throat> it caused her walking. Um, now she's going to have to start taking um, occupational therapy as well to help with her fine motor skills, writing, typing, um, different things like that. When you see my daughter, <clears throat> she looks fine. She's beautiful. Very, very bright and smart. Um, I know she's going to do great things. No matter what she wants to do, we're going to support her. She has a great support system between me, her dad, and her family. I remember when I was pregnant with her and um, her father was not here, of course. <clears throat> he left um, when I was five months pregnant. He didn't leave me, but he went away. And like I said, if you listen, you know what happened. If not, you'll have to find it. I'm sure I've said it before on an episode or two. But um, there was some tests I had to do. And when I first did the test, they came back. Like, I guess the numbers were higher. And, um, you know, it scared me. And I talked to him because, of course, we would still communicate so often. And I'm like, what if something is wrong with my child? I don't want you know, a baby that's something wrong with, oh, my God. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, I don't care what's wrong with the baby. That is our baby. Like, what, WTF, how can you say, like, you don't want it if there's something wrong with it? Um, For one, that gave me great comfort. Um, Like I said, her dad is not perfect, but he is an awesome father. You know, outside of anything else, I know as a dad, he, he, he really loves being a dad and he's a great father. Um, So that brought me comfort. They did the test again. They said it was fine. And um, I didn't really think about it until she started having these issues. And so the reason why I'm talking about the grief process is, you know, for me to accept that something may be wrong with my child, whether or not others can see it, whether or not they know it. You know, I'm in the doctor's appointments. I schedule the specialist appointments. So I know we're doing more. Not saying no one else or no other parent or no other child may not have more serious ailments and things going on. I'm just saying I know what I'm going through personally, you know, with my child. And I just want to be allowed to just accept it because it's, it's it can change at any moment. Um, it's new. Like I said, she's my first child. And um, sometimes I feel like me and her dad are the only ones who understand. Like, we have the same feeling of like, okay, we have to do whatever we need to do for her. It's going to be okay. I'm here for you. We're here for Grace. And, um, I'll be honest, I think just recording this episode, I feel a feeling of acceptance and I don't want to be sad about it any longer. I don't want to be sad if there is something wrong with my child, no matter what, whether you can see it or whether you can't see it, I know what we have to deal with and I'm okay with whatever we have to deal with 
going forward. And I want you guys to feel that same feeling of relief and of peace. And like I said, you can apply this to different things in your life. Whether you are, okay, I'm at this job right now, but I know it's not my ending point. Um, If you're in a relationship or if you are having issues with getting in a relationship, there may be something you need to grieve so that you're able to let it go so that you can accept it. It will bring you peace and you will begin to attract different things. Sometimes we continuously attract the same things because that's what we're reflecting. That's what we're putting out. We haven't taken the steps to make those serious changes so that we can attract something different. Um, The last thing that I do want to do is speak about the seven stages of grief because I feel like it'll blow your mind if you apply this to other situations in your life. So, again, if you have your pen and paper, um, if you want to write it down on your notepad on your phone, or if you just want to simply Google the seven stages of grief, you can look at it at any time. The first step is shock and denial, the state of disbelief and numb feelings. Think about how you can apply this to so many situations. A lot of times when things happen that are sudden and um, unexpected, you, we, uh, we go through shock and denial. Now, again, I'm applying this to my daughter's diagnosis, but this can be applied to so many different things. Sometimes you can just be <clears throat> in a position in life and you're like, I can't believe I'm here. You know, you're like shocked, like, oh, my God, okay, this is where my life is right now. Okay. You can begin to deny it. Now, with that denial can also come um, when you're denying it, you're not working towards fixing the problem. You know what I mean? You, you're, you're, uh, you, it's so many, oh, my gosh, like the way my brain is working and knowing that you can apply this to so many situations You can even apply it like to weight loss. You're like, you know what? I'm not over. I mean, you're not denying you're overweight, but, you know, you're happy as you are. And um, you don't care about, I guess, high blood pressure and different things like that and just being healthy. You're in denial. But if you can accept that you're really overweight and that it comes with other health issues that you don't need, you may decide to go ahead and take you know, other steps to maybe lose just a little bit of weight so you can be healthier. That's what I'm going through right now, guys. I've lost almost 10 pounds. Yay me. Okay. Anyway, back to the seven stages of grief. Shock and denial. The second step is pain and guilt. You feel guilty. What did I do? How did I make this happen? Oh my goodness. You literally feel pain. Okay. You have to go through it. You have to go through it because next is going to be anger and bargaining you're mad you're mad you're bargaining you can bargain with the higher power you can begin bargaining within yourself just trying to see like what if I did this I promise you I'll I'll do anything just to you know what I mean get this person back or to I'll do anything to be in a different situation I'll do anything to not have this diagnosis you're bargaining after that and you're mad guess what you're gonna go through depression A lot of us don't want to face that we go through depressive episodes. And especially to my women, my black women and my black men and my brown. 
This is serious. Depression happens. And I was remember I was having a conversation with my younger sister on my mom's side. And, and I was like, no, I'm not depressed. I'm not sad. And she said something which I obviously knew, but just in the time, I didn't even realize what I was doing and I was putting it off. And she was like, well, you know, depression is just not being sad. And I was like, you're right. I know. I think I'm having a depressive episode, but um, I'm, I'm like in denial of it. I'm deflecting. I'm continuing to work. I'm just taking care of everything instead of kind of allowing myself to feel these feelings and just to do whatever I need to do to get out of that depressive episode whether it's therapy whether it's medication whether it's exercising whether it's just talking to when I say talking to someone I don't just mean a friend um it is good to have someone you trust you can speak to but when you are trying to get through depression if you can go to like a counselor or a psychiatrist or psychotherapist something like that um it'll be so beneficial to really get through those feelings After the depression, after the storm and the anger and the pain and the guilt and the denial, the upward turn. Last night, I had really been having a rough, we've all been having a rough year. This was a rough month for me and it was definitely a rough um, week. And I woke up last night um, or summer woke me up. I'm not sure, but in my spirit, I heard you passed the test. And I know that was the higher power's way of letting me know, like, you're on the upward turn. Thank you for staying down. Thank you for staying consistent. Thank you for working through this. It's getting ready to turn. Always after that storm. I know this is so cliche, but you already know it. After the storm and the rain and the pain and the depression and the letdowns, there's that upward turn. And it's a good feeling. After the upward turn, reconstruction and working through. A lot of times we have issues with reconstruction, rebuilding, because it's not easy. Think about a construction site and you see like dust everywhere, bricks, things being broken. I mean, just it can be a mess. But after they're going to have a beautiful building. So you have to reconstruct. You have to work through it. It's not easy, but you have to. That last seventh step is acceptance and hope. You have to grieve experiences. You have to grieve um, certain things you've been through. In order to come to this last final step of acceptance and hope. Once you've lost hope. You've lost a lot. Hope is going to keep you going. It's going to let you know that it's going to be alright. And that the future is going to be brighter. The definition of hope is a feeling of expectation. And desire for a certain thing to happen. Grounds for believing that something good may happen. Aspiration, desire, wish, optimism. Those are some synonyms. Anticipate, look for, aim, intend, 
being intentional. So never lose hope. Go through that grieving process. Get to that acceptance and that hope so that you can find your peace. And again, you can apply this to a number of different things in your life. This episode went on a little bit longer. I'm sorry. It was so random. It's almost 5 a.m., but I wanted to say it. Of course, I'll listen to it again. It may not be published. It may not, but I believe it's really good. I believe it's really good for the time that we're in right now. We're almost approaching a new year. We have this election coming up November 3rd. I hope you guys went out and voted. Vote early. Get your absentee ballots in. If not, you show up prepared on November 3rd. I'm praying for anyone listening to this. I'm praying for peace for you. I love you. Until next time, keep pushing. Don't forget to search P-O-R-T-I-A. C-H-E-R-E-L-L-E, Portia Sherelle or Portia on all platforms, you will be able to find me. Have a good night, guys.